Welcome to Pod Me If You Can, I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. Today's film on Pod Me If You Can is The Counselor, directed by Ridley Scott and written by Cormac McCarthy of No Country for Old Men fame. And The Road, of course, Lloyd, we've got to mention The Road. Yeah. <laughs> Just a heads up, if you have not seen The Counselor yet, we will be spoiling it, um, so perhaps don't listen to this podcast until you've seen it. Uh, Lloyd, let's talk Counselor. Yes, this is a very big subject for the Americas and a lot of the great directors that are around at the moment will have to, will eventually or will address this subject. And what it is, uh, about 10 years ago, maybe more, the Mexican government declared war on the drug cartels. And now what what's happening in Mexico is almost this civil war between the drug lords and the government. And it is one of the most bloodthirsty awful wars that's happening as we speak and what's interesting about it's happening at the doorstep of america mexico is literally the gateway into america um and so um the war is savage um a a common tool that the drug cartels are using is they're making these videos of beheadings and they're really graphic a lot it's an interesting thing about um the internet you can watch a cat play a piano and then Google a beheading, and you can literally watch somebody get cha- their head chainsawed off. I know a few people who've seen those videos, and they're extremely graphic, you know. And they're mm-hmm. really, um, oh, the the kidnappings that are going on and everything, it, it is a horrific war. A lot of directors have touched on this subject. I know Michael Mann did Miami Vice in 2005, which touched on the Miami side of the drug trade that's coming in, so not the Mexican war. And of course, I want to bring up, which I'll be talking a lot about on this podcast, is Savages by Oliver Stone, which I think did a brilliant job at addressing um, the problem and really going into it. Um, Ridley Scott now teamed up with the brilliant um, award-winning writer Cormac McCarthy, as Dave mentioned, um, come out with this film, and it has gotten really horrible reviews. Um, well, a lot of my favourite critics have given it low ratings. It's got a 36% critic rating on um, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. And, uh, yeah, a lot of viewers didn't like it. Uh, Dave, what do you think? Look, I'm really... Um, I'm very mixed about this film. I think there were things about it that were really well done, and I think there were scenes that were laughable. And, um, yeah. unfortunately, like, um, it didn't tie together as well as it could have i'll give you an example like i only saw this yesterday so it's very fresh in my mind and um i probably haven't had enough time to research and um you know let it all sink in but yeah the um the septic truck yeah which they're using to transport the drugs goes on this little journey that you know we see different people driving it people crossing borders people stealing it from each other yes and to no real end we watch it get shot up and then patched up and then moving on and like we sort of get that scene with John Leguizamo and yep. uh, Hank from uh, Breaking Bad <laughs> and they sort of say, you know, it'll go on and keep doing stuff. Yeah, whatever. that's a very dark com- comedic scene. Very, <laughs> very dark humor. Yeah. There. yeah, yeah. They send a body in one of the barrels. And it, just that's probably dead accurate. That's probably exactly what happens, but it's an ugly scene. But I sort of thought, we spent a lot of time following this truck around, but what was the payoff at the end of it? Like, it just felt like the other subplot that was going on during the film. 
Yeah, I, I understood it as despite the hiccup that they had, um, it getting hijacked, the cartels eventually got it and the drugs are going to be um, processed as usual, you know, so it doesn't matter, <laughs> you know, regardless of, uh, of the hijacking or anything like that. But despite that, um, Michael Fassbender and his crew are going to be destroyed because the cartels initially thought they were trying to do something. Yeah, and then even though they got it back... It's too late yeah. for Penelope Cruz. It's too late for Brad Pitt's character and whatever. Yeah. Although Brad Pitt's character was more of a Cameron Diaz agenda thing. Yep. Um, in No Country for Old Men, which I really enjoyed, yeah. my, um, my problem with that movie was that the audience knew more than the characters because mm. you have the Tommy Lee Jones character following the trail of what we've already seen. Yeah. You know, and Javier Bardem is in that as well and... Uh, he's the character who's most interesting that you're following and because you've got all the Tommy Lee Jones scenes where he's like oh something happened here there was a struggle but the audience already knows all those scenes felt like too much exposition because the audience were already Mm -hmm. aware of them yeah this film's gone the other way and told you so little that you're like grabbing onto whatever facts they'll accidentally bring up the the dialogue that um, Cormac McCarthy employs is so cryptic um, yes. Yeah, I know he's put a lot of poetry and it's very, very intelligent dialogue, but there's a point where you go too far with yep. it and it the the dialogue just sounds too smart for the characters um, themselves. And I, I love I, all the characters. I mentioned, that it's, I mentioned that it sounds like Dawson's Creek <laughs> <laughs> when Why I uh, say, got home from the movie. Why do you say that? Because uh, Dawson's Creek was mainly criticised as being a show where all the characters spoke as if they were older uh, than their years and I never in saw huge it. words yep. and in monologues and so forth yeah they don't um, sound like teenagers <laughs> yeah the, to the point where they didn't sound like they belonged on that That's show brilliant. at brilliant <laughs> so I referred to this as Dawson Creek-esque because often it did sound like just gibberish yeah um, obviously every monologue's had a lot of thought put into it um, but cryptic puzzling random wordplay uh, I just felt like a lot of it didn't advance the story. It's the actually caveat, really simple, the whole message of the movie. It's, you know, crime doesn't pay off. If you enter this world, you're going to sink into this quicksand and eventually pay for it. And it's just such a long process to go, okay, we get it. Crime doesn't pay, you know? <laughs> yeah. And look, there was some lines I liked when he says, um, you know why Jesus wasn't born in Mexico? Because they couldn't find three wise men and a virgin. <laughs> you know, and like... There's some funny stuff that comes out of it, but every time we cut to Javier Bardem, he's talking about women, yeah. and he hasn't been prompted about it at all. Yeah, He's just going, women, man, they're crazy, expensive hobby, you know. Um, just talking about women a lot. Like, there was a lot of, I'm going to be betrayed by another woman. Like, he didn't realize his place was bugged. He was asked by Michael Fassbender about, Fassbender, is your place yeah. bugged? And his response was, I don't know, maybe, could be. <laughs> Like, you're just waiting for him to fall, <laughs> yeah. aren't you? Well, um, I hate the emphasis was, like, you had your chance to get out, but you did it. Like, they pretty much say that five or six times in the movie. Like, but greed left you in here. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, oh, we get it. <laughs> I, have, I have a problem with that, too. Who was he supposed to call? Because his involvement is through Javier Bardem and Brad Pitt. Yes. So he was never in touch with anyone from the cartel. 
No, he. I guess he was just in charge of the transportation, wasn't he? Well, it's not really clear what his involvement yeah. is. If he's an investor and he gives them some money, mm-hmm. that's one thing. But then whoever he's giving the money to, it's either those two. Neither of them was talking to the cartel. And then towards the end of the film, he's just calling up all these random people. You're seeing these conversations with people who've never been introduced before. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know who he would have gone to to explain the coincidence, yeah. you know? I don't know. Yeah, because he was never really like... There was never a scene where he was like, this is the guy you'll be dealing with from the cartel. It was like, I'm opening a club with Javier Bardem and I'm giving Brad Pitt some money. Yeah. I, I Neither love, of them. Yeah. I love the detail. I don't know if the actors did this or if it was a direction of Ridley Scott, but on their costumes and on their style... I guess, like, I love Brad Pitt's character with, you know, the Texas hat and the glasses, and he just, you know, just looking at him, he has just such a deep backstory, and I love it how he had a bruised eye. Like, when he met him, oh, yeah, um, this bouncer hit me in the eye, you know, I thought that was fantastic, just those little details. And Javier Bardem's character, I love his hairstyle, and how that line, he goes, you know, you go up to a chicken, ask for a dance, you got a better chance. (laughs) Um, That was great. And Penelope Cruz was such a huge presence for such a minor sort of role. And I thought that was such a daring role for her to take and for the casting director to put her into that movie. Because the film opens with her having an orgasm, pretty much. And I was just like, yep. wow, this is such a daring role for Penelope Cruz, you know? And what happens to her at the end, you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And look, what do you think of the fact that he's only known as the counsellor? Yeah, the, well, that added added to the mysticism. There's a point where you have to tell the audience something, you know? <laughs> when he gave over his business card, I thought we might get his name then. Yeah, well, I'm looking at IMDb, business... all his name is the counsellor. Counselor. Well, I mean, that's it's silly, because Penelope Cruz would have wanted to know his name at some point. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, they're not going to get to their wedding and say, do you, the counsellor, take her yeah. <clears throat> to be your wife? It's just... What about the diamond scene at the beginning? Like, wasn't... No, his name wasn't mentioned at all in that scene, was it? No, no, he's just the counsellor. Yeah, he's just the counsellor. Yeah, okay. Which brings me to my real problem with this movie. Um, All right. He... we, We see his place. It's nice. It's a nice place. He's... First of all, he's, um... Doing well, I would say. He's buying a 3.9 carat diamond for Penelope Cruz. We never find out made. how much that costs as well. We don't need to. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And he flew, to, he flew to Amsterdam to get it made, you yeah. know, because there's no diamonds in Texas or something. But <laughs> the fact that he has all this money makes me really, and money to spare because he's getting involved in a club and so forth, makes me really wonder why he would bother getting involved with all the drugs, mm. you know? Well, that's a question Javier Bardem asks him. Um, and he says, um, for the same reason as you, greed. <laughs> Which is silly. Yeah, it I is. Mean, it is silly. It's silly because I, I don't buy it. And I don't think he would propose to somebody, get engaged to somebody, you know, be in love with Penelope Cruz and not, she doesn't want to know his business like the Godfather, you know. Yeah. There's, yeah. And I mean, his greed is like, obviously stupid because... Yeah. He's doing very well. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know how greedy he needs to be, but... It becomes yeah. too mystical at that point, I guess. 
Um, yeah, that's that's the real problem with the film for me is that I don't know why he was involved. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why he's doing so well, but he's still taking court-appointed cases. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I don't know why um, the guy who got killed, the Hornet, Green Hornet guy, on the motorbike. Um, <laughs> I don't know why they would have linked it to him like wasn't that a great scene though like how just how long the movie takes to show you like i get it he just puts a wire up you know to decapitate him yet the film painstakingly shows you him setting it up measuring the height of it testing the light just so the audience gets every single inch when that when that wire cuts off his head and also there's a scene sorry so I was just going to say, it gives the opportunity for the audience to figure out what's going on exactly. at a certain point and then wait for it to happen. Yeah, and it's much more of an impact, I find, rather than, you know, just happening. Because I have seen the wire thing happen in motorbikes. I'm sure I have in a Jason Voorhees movie or something like that. But it's much mm-hmm. more effective in this because of that foreshadowing, that that taking the time out to show that. Also, um, with Javier Bardem talking about that mechanical wire um, that's that people are now killing uh, assassins are now using where you put a wire over someone and mechanically it keeps pulling and you obviously yep. know somebody's going to die with that um, it's going to be a horrible death and it does finally happen with Brad Pitt and it's just so awful and unnecessary I find <laughs> yeah but I mean this film without something like that would have been you know Far worse. Yeah, you know. probably. Like, having something like that at least is a bit of a... For something to talk about afterwards. And when you leave the cinema, you're going to be looking over your shoulder and, <laughs> you know, wondering whether or not somebody's going to do that to you. I just want to quickly bring up Savages, as I said at the beginning. Um, both films centre around a strong female antagonist. Um, this one being Catherine... Oh, not Catherine Zeta-Jones. Uh, Cameron Diaz. And... Yep. Um, uh, savages of course having Salma Hayek and they're like these dark queens that manipulate everything Savages is so much more superior because it has so much more richness in the character she has so much room to develop you see her suffer and everything like that you don't really see the reason for Cameron Diaz other than greed and she loves the bloodlust and everything like that in this film she's obviously a very powerful woman she uses her sex to her her advantage she's extremely intelligent and i love the design of her character the leopard tattoo she has all over her um just her talking to penelope cruz you sense so much of a viciousness under under all that um i Mm -hmm. thought that was really uh, extreme both films feature the cartels I think Oliver Stone did such a superior job because he addresses the political aspect and like what they're doing in America, in Los Angeles specifically, they're legalizing a lot of the drugs, so which will really hurt the the um, the gangsters pretty much, and it's kind of addressed in that. In this one, we don't get any political aspect at all. It's really an internal shadow sort of movie where we have these five characters and you know they're sinking in this quicksand effectively and it's a dog eat dog eat sort of world i don't think you say that twice <laughs> um so dog eat dog yeah. yeah dog eat dog world sort of thing um 
Yeah, so I, I, I don't think The Counselor is a bad film. I just, I think it's very well made. I think it's extremely well acted. I'd highly recommend people to go see it. But I think for the drug, uh, for the Mexican drug cartel problem, I think a better film for you guys to check out would be Savages. And I'm probably going to recommend this at the end, recommend that film at the end of this. But um, That's it, all right. You're kind of recommending yeah, it. Yeah, I'm recommending it now anyway. Yeah, so um, I... I I think the problem with the counselors, as me and Dave said, it just uses too much cryptic dialogue. There isn't, they don't give much information to the viewers, and you know, it's just you're watching a dark film about cutthroats, really, aren't you? Like it's so relentless. And what happens to Penelope yeah, oh, Cruz? Oh, the um, yeah, Penelope Cruz. I mean, you don't even have to see the snuff film. You exactly, you've had it described to you in a previous scene by Brad Pitt. Yep. The kind of thing that they do and you see her body and, at the end oh man yeah yeah well i mean i think you need to see her body because otherwise it might be like you know there might be a question yeah. as to what was on the dvd Pe- well people sort of are comparing thing. that scene to seven um by david fincher like you know the head in the box sort of thing and that's literally the body without the head you know yeah no i, I can see that i think that was a well, I think they spoke too much of the, the bolo or the bolito or whatever, the neck thing. Yeah. Speaking about it so much, you know, it's going to appear. And they did exactly yes. the same thing with the snuff film. And so sort of introduced these foreshadowing elements and you sort of maybe knew that they were coming. What about that maybe scene not where to the um, Cameron Diaz makes love to the car? <laughs> no, that is, that is the scene which brought laughter to my cinema. <laughs> yes, yeah, same. Now... No one knew that was going to happen, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> because, yeah, look, the um, the scene was, it was shot creatively, mm-hmm. but the sort of look on Javier Badem's face, and the, he says it himself, it was too gynecological to be sexy. <laughs> you know, I don't know that we were supposed to find it sexy. <laughs> like, it was really laughable and really sort of bizarre that he would bother sharing that with Michael Fassbender as well. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, do you love yeah. her? He goes, I don't know. I don't know if I love her. He really has no idea what's happening, does he? <laughs> yeah, and as well, I don't know if you know this, but he has a really big head. <laughs> and it's accentuated even more by spiking his hair up that way. And Michael Fassbender's <laughs> head looks so small by comparison. Oh, man. I don't know. Just a physical trait of Javier Bardem, obviously. <laughs> um, Javier Dem- Bardem was in No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so that's his link to why he was cast in this. It's obviously continuing the Cormac McCarthy thing. Yep. Um, Penelope Cruz is his real life partner. So that's how she's in this film. Um, Brad Pitt worked on Thelma and Louise with um, Ridley Scott, and I'm sure they've stayed in touch. I'm sure there's been a, you know, some kind of collaboration since. Yep. Who directed Spy Game? Was that Tony Scott? Yep, that was Tony Scott. So there's another. He was in Spy Game, Tony Scott. This film's dedicated to Tony Scott. The um, casting of Cameron Diaz was going to be Angelina Jolie. Wow. Which obviously she she would have been great in the role as well. Yeah, obviously Brad Pitt's real-life partner, but then Cameron Diaz came in because she couldn't do it. So you can see this is a very kind of all-in-the-family, only $25 million budget kind of film. It was only $25 you know, all, million? Yeah, they're all taking back-end deals, and yeah, I can see the cogs all working, you know of this film yeah i i didn't hate this film and i i guess i was expecting more but it just 
like I want to compare it to American Gangster in a sense because American Gangster was so well made, but uh, what it didn't offer anything new for the gangster genre. You know, it was so by by the numbers, it was just such a typical gangster film, but very well mm-hmm. made, done by a high level director. Same with this film. Yeah. Does it doesn't offer anything in that genre? I don't think it does. I think it's a very well made movie, but that's it. You know, like it's not going to be great. I don't think it's not going to be like. Uh, the godfather or anything yeah look the um as you said no was, country for old men i didn't so. see any of ridley scott's directing in this film um oh by the way michael fassbender was in prometheus yep. which obviously ridley scott did as well mm-hmm. um i didn't see any of his directing style up until the chase where um javier bardem's getting pulled over by those cars and chased to his ultimate death mm-hmm. you know i was thought the directing was really lackluster up until that point you know it took a long time to kind of get going and the real achievement for me as well was the set design and the decoration and costumes you know the world seemed very um detailed and real and yeah the dialogue didn't help it it just felt like they were all saying things that they hoped would be quotes on imdb you know, yeah. and there's a lot of a lot of quotes up there as well. Just because yeah. this film is all heavy dialogue, Dawson's Creek esque, as, yeah. as I called it. That's a well. Although I haven't seen um, Dawson's Creek, I like that comparison where it's just so obvious that the dialogue is too smart for the characters, and I think that's the problem with this film, especially Brad Pitt. He just has so many lines that are just so uh, coded that are so like to borderline poetry it's just like oh that's not really necessary did you think the confession scene where cameron diaz goes to talk to the priest was unnecessary yeah that was that was unnecessary i thought it was going to go she was going to push for penelope cruz but she went in there for herself sort of thing um and i it didn't get anywhere to be honest because the priest was just like you're crazy and just left pretty much yeah i thought there was going to be more of a Cameron Diaz sleeping with Michael Fassbender kind of angle Mm -hmm. where at some point she tried to seduce him or something she patted him on the butt she um, kind of strokes uh, Penelope Cruz to make her uncomfortable Mm -hmm. there's this interest from Michael Fassbender where he's sort of asking if Brad Pitt slept with her Mm -hmm. he's um, you know listening intently to the she slept with the car story you know there's this kind of interest from him throughout the film Yes. That's never really fleshed out either. Yeah. We get few um, scenes w- with um, Cameron Diaz. No. Yeah, sorry. We get few scenes with Cameron Diaz, and that scene just didn't help at all in getting to know her. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll bring up something that I did find online. The website is uh, www.filmschoolrejects.com. Yep. And they've got a feature about the counselor's script, the original script. And uh, 10 scenes that were did not realised in the final film. Um, a few of which I just thought I'd mention. Obviously, the whole uh, 10 are on their websites, filmschoolrejects.com. Um, the scene where she sleeps with the car was only really a monologue, first of all. So, including the vision of it is a Ridley Scott decision. Yep. Um... So we may not have seen that. We might have just heard Javier Bardem talking about it, which might have made it even less interesting and less impact, but also probably less laughable. <laughs> That's number one. I just want to mention a couple more. 
the woman whose phone he borrows. Michael Fassbender borrows that phone, um, calls Penelope Cruz and says he can't call her from his phone anymore. Um, she seemed pretty interested in Michael Fassbender, didn't she? Yep. Very flirtatious, kind of checking him out. Um, they, they had a scene where it showed her getting kidnapped because obviously they tracked her phone and whatever and thought she was involved oh, or whatever right. by the cartel and she gets killed as well. Wow. I think that would have had more impact as well if it had been included because then you get this kind of sense that they're watching his every move and there's it's danger everywhere, mm. you know? Whereas instead we had this kind of, oh, he's going to run? Oh, he's, he's, you know, able to sort of flee and wander around and do whatever. And there's never really any kind of... Nothing for him. They sort of get Penelope Cruz, obviously, but um, would have added to the danger of it, I think. Yeah, do you agree? Absolutely. And the final one um, is that in the final conversation between Cameron Diaz's character and uh, Goran Viznich or whoever that was from ER... The lawyer. She, um, she makes mention of the fact that she's pregnant and it's not Raina's baby. Raina's played by Javier Bardem because mm-hmm. he's had a vasectomy. So she says that her boy will have the best possible father, a dead father. So it's implied that it's Westray, the Brad Pitt character, oh, who right. has impregnated yeah. Which makes it even more convoluted. And I'm thinking that's a good one to have cut. <laughs> yeah. We, we don't need to add any more of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's a real snapshot, this film, mm. of a small story within a big, you know, cartel Mexico picture, as, yes. you, as you mentioned. Um, you don't sort of have enough information for a long time to decide whether you like the film or not. Things are just happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and um, they sort of get more graphic as it goes on. And then I guess the whole uh, snuff film is only as bad as you make it in your mind. Exactly, yeah. Uh, And that whole dialogue when he's talking to one of the cartels and he tells that whole story about going back, you know, uh, about the poet and how he'd give anything to go back and live just an hour with with the girl he loves. Just like, oh, man, this is going on forever. (laughs) Yeah, where he's like, you are a man at a crossing and you don't realize that in the desert that's where the bodies are buried and... (laughs) Some bodies aren't buried. They're left by the side of the road. And it's like, what See, are you there was none about? of that. In, yeah, exactly. There was none of that in Savages. Like, the cartels are business people. You know, they, they're they effectively running a business, but with a gun, you know, and they take out any threats. There's none of this. I don't think, anyway, there's none of this poetry that, that that's there. You know, they just do what they have to do. So all this is just Cormac McCarthy adding on, you know, his take on it. <laughs> Yeah, and as well, I mean, it doesn't help to have these characters we've never seen before yeah. in one scene. Yes. Like, voices of authority. They're, yes. they're just telling us what's going on. Yeah. We don't know who they are. Yep. Yeah, I um, I wanted to like it more. I uh, I did, but I don't know. They, um, they had a lot of stuff as well, the scenes that weren't in it with, with the cheetahs or the leopards or whatever they were. Yep. They had them sort of wandering and you follow them for a while and mm-hmm. sort of see what happened to them. Yeah. I, um... I, I thought, sort of thought that Brad Pitt's character would have been a more interesting character to follow. Yeah. He seemed to know everything, whereas my 
Michael Fassbender's counselor knew nothing. Yeah. So maybe more Brad Pitt scenes would have... Um, he kind of reminded given... me of the character in No Country for Old Men played by Woody Harrelson. Mm-hmm. What's the matter, Orson? Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> um, ironically, if he'd been wearing his cowboy hat, that thing might not have fit around his neck. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> And his weakness for women brought him down in the end. Yeah. And most of the characters had a weakness for women, didn't they? Yes. So, I mean, he's trying to say women are not to be trusted. <laughs> if you Possibly. want to get at someone, get at, get at them through their women. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's that's what's worked in this film. I don't yeah. know. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, people have been saying Cameron Diaz has been very miscast in this film. I thought she you did know? a great job. I thought yeah she, she was she okay was, I thought she was true I thought they all did a fantastic job you know um, very I, I solid I can imagine this film, film <laughs> I can imagine this film being so much better with all unknowns hmm you know unknowns for casting sure but then nobody would have watched it because they would have gone this film is depressing <laughs> did you like the shootout you know at the scene after when when they hijack the truck and those two cops who aren't really cops, they're cartels. I love that. I thought that shootout was fantastic. Yeah, it was well done. And I didn't think the cartel would win. I thought those two yeah. guys we'd spent a lot of time getting to know yeah. who were driving the septic tank would win. Yeah. I mean, that just made sense to me that yeah. we would keep watching these characters we know. But then there's... Uh, now, I haven't watched a lot of Game of Thrones. But there's this Game of Thrones kind of thing where... Uh, going on at the moment where you introduce characters and they can get killed off and it doesn't yep. matter and the story keeps going exactly is that correct Lloyd? yeah a lot of yep. a lot of death in game of thrones yeah that's right you got to watch it to believe it <laughs> <laughs> there you go well the one thing that has come out of this i think is that septic tanks and like you know um those containers and everything that they're shipping that's a pretty clever way of moving drugs yeah not a lot of people are gonna you know sift through literal shit to find <laughs> drugs on a highway i mean after this movie now maybe they will yeah <laughs> anyway so your recommendation lloyd was the the savages film by oliver stone definitely go guys go check that out it's a very spiritual movie very violent movie but a, also a very intelligent film not for everyone but if you're interested in the drug uh, cartel war that's um, really horrific at the moment. Funny, when I was in America, I was told by Mexicans not to go to Mexico. I had uh, long conversations with a lot of Mexican people, and they said, yeah, don't go to Mexico at the moment because of the war. But then I've got very close friends that have just traveled there, I guess, to holiday locations where there isn't any war. And they said, no, it's great. It's, it's, uh, I, I had a wonderful time, so there you go. Huh? <laughs> but um, Yeah, I, I mean, it, it only takes one time for everything to go wrong though yeah. <laughs> like yeah you know if something horrible happens often it's only gonna happen once exactly um but yeah, yeah i i highly recommend savages um if you're interested in this um the cal council as i said um me and dave said it's it's a solid film a lot of issues i, I just don't think it's going to be great i don't think it comments at all on the drug problem um it just says something so typical you know but uh definitely i highly recommend savages by oliver stone and guys, if you're online and have a minute, go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. You'll find links to our YouTube channel. We've got lots of good reviews up there with obscure uh, obscure films with um, actors that you know and love. 
Um, we've also got a link to our Facebook page, and we're always taking recommendations to um, for future episodes of Podme if you can. And I haven't plugged this for a while, but if you find us on iTunes, if you happen to be downloading us through iTunes, we'd love you to rate us and um, you know leave us a comment there because that keeps you in the charts and kind of you know helps other people find the podcast. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Yep. Thanks, guys. All the best. Mm-hmm.